This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 radio. Uh, I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, as usual with me on this beautiful Sunday morning, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you today? I'm good. I don't know about you. You look a little bit bit of a rough around the edges this morning, Naz. I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) Too much partying. Anyways, uh, we're pleased to have with us is another return visit, uh, a friend of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, of course, uh, former Raptors coach Butch Carter. Good morning, Butch. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're we're doing great, and thanks for being with us. uh, I'll just start off very simply by saying, and I'm sure we'll know what we're, I'm asking about, what happened. Well, Washington's come up with a lineup in the game for, against the Raptors that um, the Raps aren't prepared to defend. It's a tough lineup where they play Paul Pierce at the, at the power forward position. But you know, they only get away with it because uh, the Raps can't match up and get the basketball to the guy Paul Pierce is guarding. Uh, DeMar DeRozan pretty much destroyed him in the first quarter, uh, and Whitman had to get him out of the game and get the taller player, Otto Porter, on DeMar, uh, which was effective. But in the games that I've watched, when Pierce has gone to the four, there are two issues that come up. There, He's putting the Raps defender X4 in a conundrum. When they run pick and roll, in the last two years, Washington run, has run more pick and rolls between their their point guard, John Wall, and their center than any other team in the league. But now, with Pierce at the four, he's got three shooters that he can throw the basketball to. Because normally the way it would work is that the center would set a screen on for Wall, and then X4, who is the power forward, would roll and take the center, and then you'd rotate out of it. Well, now you're sitting there with three shooters on the perimeter, and you can't rotate out of it. In the last game, it started with uh, Gooden, Drew Gooden, making uh, two three-point shots, which he has never made in his life. And then it went to the fact that Otto Porter and Paul Pierce in the crucial fourth quarter made five threes. So um, that's tough to win for anyone. Uh, But it's a consistent strategy that you see in the West. And uh, they deployed it, and they were they were, were successful. Butch, with it. there's been a lot of talk on uh, on around on other shows that uh, they're looking at replacing Dwayne Casey. I see that as a mistake. Why why that talk? Because the way the thing works uh, is that uh, everybody goes into the playoffs. I believe whoever lost this series was in jeopardy of, of being terminated. Right? Just a, just to the nature of the beast. Um, played college basketball with Whitman, 
Washington was terrible the last 20 games of the year, the last month. They only beat one winning team. Uh, Casey was devastated. I thought they'd win 55 games, and DeMar goes down, and then Lowry is not the same player after the All-Star break. And so you have this deterioration in both of the teams coming down the stretch. And so the way the system works is you got to blame someone. So you can't blame the injured, so injured players. But here's the real problem in Toronto. All those kids that grew up watching my teams play, uh, they're grown people now. Mm-hmm. And they're passionate fans. They are almost uh, close to soccer fans. Um, it's as close to a college atmosphere, uh, but I think more of a European soccer atmosphere with the fan base. And they are very demanding. They have not been educated in what's going on. Uh, And by not educating them, you leave them to make their own decisions. And so, you know, in social media, it's easier for them to throw things out. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think Casey has done anything to deserve to get fired. Um, I do think that his assistant coaches have failed him. Uh, because of the non-development of Terrence Ross and, and absolute non-development of uh, I was going to ask you about Terrence Ross. He looks lost out there. <clears throat> when you watch him play, he's probably the most athletic guy on the team, as far as I'm concerned, but he looks lost out there. Well, you, you're going to be lost because, um, let me give you an example. All right? Casey's going through exactly what I went through. We went to New York to play, and we were prepared to play. Vince shoots 30%. So the problem is when your primary guys aren't playing well, everybody else looks terrible, mm-hmm. right? And that's basically what he's running into. Kyle cannot consistently do anything. DeMar, um, I believe, is you know had his best game in game three, but then he went cold, and between DeMar and Casey, they couldn't find a way to get him back going with the taller player defending him, and I think it really cost him. <laughs> Because DeMar was just about to get to the point where you, what I call you change officials' whistle from black to red. And when you do that, you aggressively now can, can be more aggressive, and they put you at the free throw line. Otto Porter got him stopped a couple times. The officials went soft. And then all of a sudden in the second quarter, they blew the whistle four quick times on the Raptors, and now the whistle went red the other way, which meant that Washington was shooting a penalty. So they became more aggressive. So I think that the failure has been you have to talk about developing players. And JV has has not been developed. Uh, I think he's got his conditioning straightened out. But the fact that he can't make a basket with his left hand, he can't turn over his right shoulder, in my mind, is unacceptable. Lowry's conditioning looks off to me. Is it just me? I'm just looking. He looks a little overweight. Well, he, he's always looked overweight. You <laughs> he know? looks. He, he's, he's a, you know, he's it's his body structure. Yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, he's got that girl body ch- that you chase every once in a while, right? <laughs> they call that pear shaped, I yeah, guess. Wide in the behind is, and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and real nice legs, right? <laughs> Butch, so, uh, we're talking. We're talking to Butch Carter, uh, obviously a former Raptors coach. Butch, uh, there's there's such such a sense of uh, dejection about uh, what's transpired in the playoffs. You know, Raptors are 0-3. You know, look back about two or three months, there was, you know, we were talking about 50 wins, 55 wins, almost 60 wins. Um, what happened? I mean, the last time you were in studio, we actually talked about it. Uh, it was almost like a mirage. 
because you we talked about it last time you were here a few months back and you saw something in the statistics that concerned you at that time where uh, you looked at something and said well you know what this Raptors have this great record but uh, this this doesn't look too good what did you see a couple of months ago that has now come essentially true well since the all-star break they had the second worst defense outside of Sacramento and I'm just a firm believer defensive field goal percentage <clears throat> you, that means you make people miss shots and then you have to rebound those shots first game against Washington they missed the shots but they went and got all the they got 20 offensive rebounds so you know it's it's just you know if in the history of basketball and, and that's the problem people you have a lot of people in basketball that don't know the history. But if you go through the history of the last 20 championships uh, series, the team that won, I think Dallas was the worst team. It was 10th in defensive field goal percentage. Um, and so they got totally away from that focus. And that benchmark is pure. Is, is pure it's a pure stat that, you know, historically it's you got to be somewhere near it. And they're nowhere near it. And – that's proven out also uh, in the playoffs, and it's, it's making things tough on them. Uh, uh, we're, of course, talking to Butch Carter, former <coughs> Raptors coach. Uh, Butch, you were kind enough to bring in uh, a printout for Naz and I this morning, and you noticed, uh, brought in some statistics where the Raptors are last in, in amongst the playoff teams. And uh, this, is, this, this, of course, references um, defense. Um, so we know the Raptors are are not accomplishing what their objectives are in terms of defense. Uh, if you're Wayne, if you're Dwayne Casey or, or Masai Ujiri, how do you take these stats and what do you do with them, and how do you change the team? Well, the the reality is that it is miraculous that this team has done what it's done in the position on the salary cap that they've been. All right, Brian Coangelo left left Masai with a mess, and. Right now, you still have probably at least two players and about between 12 and $15 million that is going to become free. So he's going to have a ton of cap space next year. The reality is that can they get enough done when they change the team around that they come somewhere near close to the starting point of where this team took off? And I believe that... Uh, Masai has shown a history here of of doing that. Um, the concern you have to have is even all the things he did in Denver, uh, and you know they'll blame Brian Shaw, but players win games. The more games you win are because players are talented and they take the games personal. And a, a coach should provide. In the beginning, he should be provide seventy five percent of what's going on because he sets the structure and tone. But once you get in the games, it flips. The players have to provide seventy five, and the coach rescues them twenty five percent of the time. If you don't get that scenario, you're going to struggle um, because you know one of the other stats that you know you know you asked me about you know around the analytics is that look one thousand two hundred and thirty games are lost every year. All right, it's empirical to understanding basketball. One, two, three, zero is the number of games won and the games lost every season in the NBA. So it's not a matter of, and that's why I say you have to educate the fans. It's not a matter of he should be allowed. He's in that position. He's done a great job with the terrible cap that he was given. 
and no one has given him credit for that. They look well. We got rid of Rudy Gay. That that wasn't important. He was. Barnyarney was the important. Yeah, he, he was over the cap, and he had bad players. All right, <laughs> so now he's going to be under the cap, and he's still got some bad players. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I've got to ask you, Butch. I mean, we're almost. It seems like we're almost talking about the Raptors in the past, but they've got one wow. game left. But. Um, you foresee any scenario here where they can turn it around? It's never been done in NBA history. Well, I mean, so that's why I'm saying they don't educate the fans, all right? Yeah. So we're getting all this preemptive in Game 3, you know, and all the all the teams that, you know, if you win Game 3 or if you lose Game 3. But the reality is that no team that has won two uh, uh, divisional championships, all right, uh, which the Raptors have, the Atlantic champions, has come back from down 2-0. Right, so they don't tell the fans the truth, right? So tell them, tell them the truth, right? Right, because Canadian fans, Raptor fans, right? They want to be educated, right? And they think it's about all you know. We can move it left and we can move it right, and you're better off just tell them the brutal truth. And if there's one thing I learned from being around Magic Johnson, he is just he was always good about being brutally truthful, and it helped everyone grow. The players have to grow, and you don't cover up for them. You don't uh, create a mirage of, you know, they've done something that they really haven't done. And you keep putting, you know, the benchmark moving it up. And so, um, you know, I disagree with the way their presentation is to the fans. Um, The We the North, I think, has been outstanding. Uh, And I think they've tried to buff it out so that it's We the North of all Canada and not just we the north of Jane and Finch. And um, I think you have to be truthful with the fans. I think uh, you have to help them grow. And the problems they're going to run into is that they've not been truthful with them on exactly what was going on. And that will be a struggle for them later because these young fans are brutal. So what would you do with uh, you? You say there's guys going to be on the way out this year, after this year. There's probably going to be about three or four changes, I would think. Who are the guys that are going to be out, do you think? Well, Landry Fields' contract is up, and uh, definitely, I think uh, we, we'll lose one center, maybe two. Wow. Um, I think the toughest decision for him is that with the salary cap going to $100 million, what do you do with DeMar? Because you have the question has to be answered, is, is he a 25 or $30 million player? And I think that's the toughest one. And he's got a player option and not a team option. So he could be free. So if you're going to trade him, you probably have to trade him this summer or sometime before the trading deadline. And you can't trade a wounded duck. So you think he's a wounded duck right now? I think that DeMar had one of the more serious injuries you can have in a groin area. And it's taken him until game three to get back to where he was a beast. I go back to the way he played at New York. That game they lost, they never should have lost and put him in this position to play Washington instead of Milwaukee. So, um, you know, you, you have to remember, my my whole thing is I've, I've run up and down the court with really great athletes. And um, I've been lucky enough to have a brother that's a pretty good athlete. And I've coached a couple pretty good ones. So I think it all boils down to the NBA is that your talented guys have to be talented and they have to be mean. And... Uh, they're in a dilemma with DeMar, I believe, his contract. Um, they're going to be in a dilemma with Terrence Ross and JV because they have to keep extending them. 
And the way it'll work is that the, the agents will say, you know, we want a max deal. So we want a max deal wherever we can get it. You're just one of 30. Mm-hmm. So that's unfortunate. And uh, because you you invested the time in drafting him, you invested the time in playing him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's important. So I think that uh, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes for anything because he's got a lot of tough decisions to make on talent. Honey, on DeMar DeRozan, I've got to ask you, Butch, uh, where do you rank him in, in terms of the NBA elite? Is he is he one of the top top ten in the league? Top uh, five? He's one of the top five mid-range scorers in the league. Is that worth 25 to $30 million in, no, today's, in no, today's world? No, because of Jimmy Butler's in Chicago and uh, um, the young man's back in Indiana. He's not, in, you know, as a two-way player. You know, it's very important that you get two-way athletes. And there have been, I learned that from Don Nelson. Don Nelson basically turned around three pro teams by an abundance of two-way players, and then he added on his specialists. So he is not a two-way player now, and uh, that's part his fault, but, you know, maybe in his development, you know, someone should have tried to do a better job. But he is one of the best mid-range players, and his value will go down if the officials don't blow the whistle for him because he is on the high end of free-throw attempts. I think that's his, he's had that problem. He's looking for foul to get to the free throw line, and they've not called it, and, he, and it's frustrating him. Um, I loved what he did for the team in the first quarter coming out in game three. That's the kind of player that he, that he needs to be. Uh, he needs to figure out what to do when they put a taller player on him. But uh, you have a conundrum. You have a California player, young player. If he wants to go back home or his agent wants to go back home, he has the same agent that took Damon Stoudemire out of here. Right, so you know it, it's it's the whole history, right? So, uh, uh, I've got to ask you very bluntly before we go to break: um, Do we have to overpay uh, NBA uh, top NBA talent to come to Toronto? You have to overpay because you don't have the endorsement. The way the endorsement deals work, it's going to go off the 350 million people in the United States versus the 35 million in Canada. So the endorsement deal could be five, six, seven times worth more money. So if you, if you get a piece that fits and everyone's happy, that, but then you run into the same situation that you run into with the Leafs. You <laughs> sign two guys long-term, and the way they played before the contract doesn't seem to level out to the way they're playing after the contract. Anyways, we're talking to Butch Carter. Uh, he'll be with us in studio for the rest of the show, and we'll be right back uh, with you right after our break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number just for cell phones, pound 3636. However, some listeners thought I was saying pound 3636. To be clear, our new number for cell phones is pound 3636, not pound 3636. However you like it, call Pizzaville at pound 3636. Wait. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. 
Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Bond. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We have with us in studio this morning, of course, ex-Raptors coach Butch Carter. And thanks for being with us, Butch. Um, Naz, another big topic of discussion this week has been the ongoing uh, issues regarding uh, TFC, BMO, Toronto Argos. What's going on on that, Naz? Well, um, Paul Beeson was on last week and... uh we got our producer to play the clip now. This is a clip from the interview with Paul uh, last week and a question that we asked him. Uh, go ahead with the clip. And it would be ideal at BMO Field. It, you know, that's very selfish from our point of view. And for me to say it, they can say, you know, I've got a purpose to say that. fact of the matter is that it would be a, it's a, it's an ideal stadium. It's outdoors. And, you know, there is that part of the elements so that's pretty good, um, you know, when you get into football in, in, in November. Um, and so to me, if they could ever get down there, it, w- it would be terrific. Will it happen in 2016? I don't know. Will it happen in 2017? I don't know. Uh, but in 2018, uh, we fully intend to have a grass here. That interesting was a, comments. That was an interesting comment, and uh, you can see the writing on the wall that they're going to BMO Field. It's just a matter of time and and when. I heard that it's going to be probably as early as next year. This is what I'm hearing. So, I think it's the right move. Well, Mark, the, Ar- the Mark. Argos can't con- Argos can't continue at Sky Dome. It's just it's 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 they can't fill the place, and it's it's like it's like you know you go in there and there's fifteen twenty thousand people. It seems like there's nobody in there, and it's just it's a horrible atmosphere. 
for for a football game, and uh, and it's actually a terrible place to watch a football game from. Most of the, I mean, it's built as a baseball stadium. But we've got on the line with us this morning our uh, our uh, TFC and BMO guy, Mark Kennedy, uh, TFC blogger, Mistake by the Lake. Uh, Mark, are you with us? Yes, I am, Wally. Uh, great to be with you. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. And good morning, Mr. Carter. Great to hear you talk about the Raptors. Good morning to you, Mark. Anyways, Mark, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your perception of uh, the ongoing negotiations or discussions about uh, the Argos going to BMO Field. I know you're a big TFC fan and you have expressed your opinion in the past that you're not too thrilled with that. Well, yeah, here goes. I wish I'd been in the studio last week because hearing Paul Beeston tell you what's best for the Argos would be like listening to Colonel Sanders talk about what's best for chicken. Well, that's an interesting, interesting comment. Uh, let, let, let me challenge you a little bit on that, Mr. Kennedy, uh, or I'll give you an opportunity to explain yourself. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I've been around for a long time. I remember the 1982 Grey Cup because I was there. It was a sold-out CNE Stadium, and the fans, cold and soaking wet, Argo fans, true and blue, were chanting, we want a dome, we want a dome. Um, 1982 is still fresh in my memory. Uh, Mr. Beeson is forgetting that. Um, November uh, down by the lake is, um, is not the answer to the Argos problems. The Blue Jays have been treating the Argos badly. Uh, Wally, how many home games did the Argos play last September? September's a wonderful month for, for football, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, I mean, I think you're missing the point, Mark. Uh, you no, know, I ha, think you're ha, missing the point. Oh, well, may, maybe. Jays, but let, the let, Jays let, are kicking the Argos let, to let, the curb, and they don't really care where they go. Okay, Mark, this is a Naz and Wally show. Let me, give me a chance to get a word in. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> give me a chance to get a word in. Uh, it's too bad you're not in studio this morning, you know. But uh, let, let, let's be quite frank. The economics of the CFL have changed drastically since 1982. Um, you know, a stadium that may have made sense for the Toronto Argos in, in the 1980s no longer makes any sense in the economics of the CFL today. I mean, I remember the 1982. I remember going to Argo games in the 60s, uh, 70s, and 80s, and, you know, in in the in the late seventies, we're packing fifty two. We were packing fifty two, fifty three thousand people in an exhibition stadium. You can't do that anymore. Uh, the interest but, isn't there. You need a, you need a stadium that makes sense, that makes that, economic sense. Skydome doesn't make economic sense in the CFL. Fifty thousand people I'm doesn't. Disagreeing with you, Wally. But fifty thousand people doesn't make any sense in the CFL. BMO makes sense economically no, Wally, let's let's go through this carefully paul beeston says goodbye argos you're going to wreck the wonderful field that i'm going to have in 2017 and let's send the argos to wreck toronto fc's field it it it's it's just well, sending the problem mark, mark i, the I problem understand another field mark Mark, I understand Beeston may have a certain perspective on it, but let's let's take let's take a, a bigger picture approach, and and forget about the the Blue Jays and whatever. What what makes sense for the Toronto Argos? If the Toronto Argos are going to survive in the Toronto market, it isn't going to happen at Skydome. It and, isn't going to happen and, at Skydome. And Wally, and the, I was an Argo season ticket holder in the eighties. 
what you say about the Sky Dome being a horrible place for football. I could have told you that in 1989. Well, it wasn't built as a football, but we've got Butch Carter in studio here, who uh, looks like he wants to throw in, a, throw wants to throw in his opinion. Your uh, your thoughts on, on 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 this, Butch? Well, Mark is a soccer fan. He's right. I mean, the, the issue at the end of the day, but the the reality of what's going on is that um, as a tenant, they're being kicked out. Right? It doesn't it doesn't work. So tenants get kicked out all the time. I think the bigger problem for soccer is that the Argos need to be in a successful situation for the overall good of the CFL. They have been wandering like nomads in the desert for a very long time. Uh, ownership, uh, even though I like Mr. Braley, right, they have, they have allowed this thing to become a wounded duck. And so, you know, I think the latest news is They've got about 20 days, and there may be a new ownership group to purchase, and part of the criteria is they get a couple of of Grey Cup games to uh, balance out. It is unfair to soccer to have a football field with football players running around with cleats on their grass. I mean, that, that normally just is not a good combination. But this is the same venom that I hear Mark saying when they said they put the Raptors in the ACC with the Leafs. The reality is... TFC needs to win some games and win some championships, and they'll have more leverage. The reality is that the city wants and the country needs for the Argos to be successful. They need to go and play in a smaller facility so that they can make money. They're not making money because no one was respectful of. When you when you put a sports team in a facility that is they're the second tenant, they always get hosed by the first tenant, yep. right? You've got Ticketmaster charging fees on top of your tickets. You've got normally some type of building reserve fund. So you may have, as an example, Ticketmaster's getting $5 a ticket for Pan Am on every Pan Am ticket. So you're, you're being hosed there. Uh, you're not getting any part of the concessions. So sports teams are evaluated on gross revenue per seat. So immediately, if you move the team over um, in the BMO, the gross revenue per seat is going to go up because you'll have more people and less seats. Is it unfair to TFC? I say it's not unfair until they improve on what they've been doing, right? It's business. Yeah, it's business. The problem right it's now is not a question of yeah, fairness. The problem it's business. T- yeah, the problem with TFC right now is that, you know, they're basically become the Washington Generals with the Harlem Globetrotters. They're, you know, they're remodeling the, the facility and they're playing all away all games. The they've right. had they've had no success as far as championships they probably have been the worst team in the in MLS they've got the MLSC virus right? i mean that's so so the reality is that and and it's what i told mr braley i don't think the team should be sold to any individual i think it should be put in a community owned team if it's put in a community owned team and played in bmo field it would be the wealthiest team in the cfl if you look at the balance sheets of the two teams out west that have a, I think they have thirty-five and forty million dollars of cash on the on the books by being community-owned teams. Um, I think that's what it takes because uh, historically in this town, individuals owning teams has not worked out very well, right? I mean that's just the truth. Um, so yes, to put two professional teams in one facility, um, the real problem is the soccer people. Yeah, putting cleats on grass. 
it, it normally does not work out. Something bad is going to happen. Yeah. My, my sense of it is it, 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 it would be preferable if you didn't have to put them together, but economically I don't think there's any choice. For the, if the Argos are going to survive, that's, that's the only option, it if, seems to me. If the Argos don't survive, then I, I, the viability of the CFL, the value, the overall value. Goes down. Yeah, yeah the, it definitely goes down. Yeah. Anyways, we've got Mark Kennedy, our, our TFC guy. Mark, I want to uh, butt heads with you on something else, or maybe we can well, agree for once. But before, TF- before you do, I just want to say the next time I'm in the studio, yeah. I hope that uh, Butch Carter is there because I'm going to spend all my time hugging him. Okay. <laughs> Mark, TFC. We've got a game this afternoon. I guess it's uh, they're calling it the Citrus Bowl down in Orlando. Um, uh, TFC had a promising start, and the season has gone south hey, very, hey, very, very fast. And yes. uh, what happened? What? What's? I mean, are we? Are we? Are we? Uh, is this? Is this what we have to look forward to the rest of the year? What happened here? It, it, it's, it's a series of disasters. Um, my sources tell me that um, because TSC hasn't had a home game, they're missing Naz and Wally so much, it's put them off emotionally. Okay. Uh, that's, that's okay. <laughs> now tell us the real reason. Well, it certainly takes a while for a team to gel. We've got, we've got some talented individuals, um, and they have yet to gel in in. In the last game in Dallas, which had a three-hour delay for a thunderstorm, uh, Javinko had uh, a superstar second half and, and did it all on his own and scored two goals to make it a close but crazy game. Mark, Mark, um, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm getting the sense that uh, you know Javinko has performed as expected or better than expected. We've got Bradley, that's a world-class player. We've got Altador. It just seems like a team that's top heavy at the top end, but the, but the 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 foot soldiers aren't just aren't up to caliber. Your thoughts? That 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 seems to be true. There are a lot of trade rumors, and right now the general manager Tim Bezpachenko is actually in Italy doing some scouting. Um, there's also rumors that there's going to be uh, a president finally hired for TFC. And the rumors are it's going to be an Italian gentleman. We always seem to be MLSC seems to be top heavy in presidents. We seem to be uh, seem to be out there sourcing presidents all over the place. You know, but, you know the well, fact that the fact of the matter is that they've started on the road for eight games, and it's very difficult in soccer to win away from home. And you know, I kind of blame TFC for this with the remodeling of the stadium. You can't start a team on the road eight games, especially in the sport of soccer. Because home field advantage means so much. And that's why they're behind the eight ball. You can be successful on the road in soccer if your tactics are right. And Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, there, there's, there, soccer's a very, very tactical game. Um, and, if you, and if you play certain formations, there's certain ways of playing on the road and certain ways of playing at home. And you can, you can achieve success on the road if you play a certain tactical type of game, you sound like you're playing fantasy. No, I don't. So, so here's the problem. I, 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 I am, I am a student of the Italian national, uh, Italian Azzurri. Okay, we and, lost, they, and they managed to we win. Lost, we lost Mark. Oh, we lost Mark. We lost That's Mark. fine. But, he, but go ahead. Go ahead. So Butch. here's the problem. You, you've got this really crazy salary cap in soccer. Yeah. So you can't even put the right horse in for the tactics. That was what you you know, because. 
you can't suck and blow. You can't say, well, you got to have great tactics. Well, you got to put a horse well, you got, to you, execute you've the got tactics. To, you've, got to, you've got to manage the team to the horses that you have. Yeah. Okay, so okay. let's go back to what we yeah. originally said. So the yeah. problem they've got, and, and think about it, soccer scores less points than any other sport, right? So it's ex- your tactics. Well, hockey's close now. No, hockey's <laughs> yeah, getting hockey's close. close. But, your, but your tactics are extremely important, right, yeah. because of the low scoring, low scoring yeah. of, the, of, the, of the process, right? So when you have this weird, weird salary cap, it's, it's really, I believe, yeah. the best soccer teams are the ones that have their own development programs because you can't rely on other people to develop these yeah. secondary and third players for you, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the but, most but, important. Go, sorry, Butch, but that, go, I, uh, I'm sorry. Let me f- finish your point. I apologize. Right? My, my point is that until they get a real development program where they can pull their second and secondary and third players from, all right, they're not going to be able to be consistent with their tactics. When I started out with the Raptors, we were playing in the Sky Dome. Tremendously tough. We played Sky Dome. We went to Hamilton to play. We had to play in Maple Leaf Gardens, right? So when a franchise gets started and they're trying to figure out what the cumulative assets are going to look like, the team gets thrown under the bus. That's exactly what's happened. Right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And it's unfortunate, but the team gets thrown under the bus and the fans get thrown under the bus. Mark, Mark, you're back on the line? Yes, I am. Now, I just want to throw that last, uh, last uh, analysis at you and you tell me your thoughts on the matter because we've got uh, – We've got a dream, dream Final Four coming up in Champions League. It's uh, uh, four of the greatest sports properties in the world. Juve, Real, Barca, and Bayern. It's, it's, I call it the dream Final Four. And uh, will you agree with me that the road teams will play a different game than they play at home? Oh, definitely. And definitely. how is that game different? Well, you um, basically you... you um, you don't quite park the bus, but you make sure that you don't fall behind early because falling behind early is is the kiss of death. And and is is this something should uh, going back to the original uh, original point of discussion? Are is TFC playing a game on the road that they shouldn't be playing tactically? Oh, absolutely. They're 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 weak in the back. They're they're they're. Um, they're leaving themselves exposed, and other teams know that um, if Toronto scores against you, um, all we have to do is put pressure down the other end, and uh, we'll get back into the game. Now, your assessment of uh, your assessment of the coach's performance so far? I think he's he's a man on thin ice. Um, he was chosen by the general manager at the end of last year, and has, didn't have success at the end of last year, nor at the beginning of the year. But um, I think this ties back into hiring a president. If they, if they hire a president and the president has someone in mind for a new coach, then a change might be made. But um, they're, they're not going to make a change on the coach before they've even had a home game. That's, that would be most unfair. Mark, I want to thank you for joining us. But Butch is, Butch is, thanks for joining us, Mark. Butch is chomping at the bit here. And uh, uh, Butch, uh, you certainly... When you've had this much unsuccessfulness, <laughs> hasn't the coach always been on thin ice always, with FC? Always, 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 always. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Right? I mean, it's it's been it's been one miscombobulation after another, right? I mean, for FC. FC has had one of the best launches of any MLS team for yeah. f- fan base. And the results. Right? 
And the results have been totally upside abysmal, down. Abysmal, abysmal. And when I hear that, you know, that we've got to get a new president, I'm, I'm presidented out. I mean, uh, I, I think that I, Mark, we'll continue to keep an eye on it. We'll continue to talk about it. I think TFC's uh, problem is their back end. They just can't handle pace from the other forwards. But we'll keep an eye on it. It's time to go to our break. Mark, thanks for joining us. And Thank we'll be you, right back after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. Pound 3636. Dave, what's that music? It's dramatising. You can call Pizzaville from anywhere. Seems a bit over the top. It says we will find you, we will track you down, we will... Deliver your pizza? Yeah. Can you turn it off now? Fine. <clears throat> call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. Oh, my ears are ringing. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We've had with us in studio this morning Butch Carter. Thanks for joining us, Butch. It's time for our Golf and Wisdom segment. We have on the line the Internet's most popular golf instructor, Sean Clement. Sean Clement, you can find him on YouTube. 22 million hits, and you can find him at wisdomingolf.com. Sean, how are you this morning? Right on, guys. I'm doing great. Sean, we're uh, we're getting into the thick of the golf season here. It seems like uh, the ice age is now ending in southern Ontario. <laughs> yeah, it ended Friday. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I've actually got a chance to go to the range yesterday and swing a few. But, uh, Sean, you've been with us, uh, and you're obviously, uh, I highly encourage our listeners to go check you out. Uh, you've got some fabulous material. There are a lot of golf instructors out there in the golf world. Yeah. Uh, some of the famous ones uh, everybody knows about, Ledbetter and Haney and Harmon and all of Foley and all of these guys, but my favorite golf instructor I'm talking to right now is Sean Clement. Tell me, Sean, tell me how, what you're, uh, how are you different than, than everybody else out there? Well, I mean, it basically happened, and, and, and thank goodness, uh, you know, uh, you, you, I don't want to change anything because uh, from Canada, my, my dad, when I was 17 years old, put me in the Canadian Ski Patrol, and he says, you're going to learn leadership and responsibility, and what I learned was anatomy. And uh, in spades, I mean, these guys are real sticklers for details, and uh, we did tons of simulations. And when I started teaching golf at age 19, um, I realized that the people who were in the business didn't have their knowledge of anatomy. I mean, golf instruction is only 100 years old, so compare that to Kung Fu, and Kung Fu is about 5,000 years old. Could you imagine what it was like 4,900 years ago? It was a free-for-all. And now, you know, we've got some sort of a free-for-all right now with uh, with the uh, internet and the golf channel and the golf magazines you just open a magazine from one month to the other and the same guys are contradicting themselves it's uh, it's a difficult situation but uh, that's why we're gaining a lot of traction year over year our business is growing 20 percent what do you do you do you, you you study anatomy what do you do you get a student in what are you doing differently than everybody else does well, number one, we, we show the student how they work anatomically, and they realize that they're already built for 95% of golf technique. Whether I teach you how to chop down a tree with an axe, how to cut grass with a grass whip, or how to swing a golf club, it's the same anatomy, same planet, slightly different tool. So when they see it from that standpoint, they go, wow, this is a lot easier than I thought. Like the, 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 a, a beginner or somebody coming in that has only been playing for a couple of years comes into our academy, the very first lesson, they hit the ball better than they ever have, period. And, and that's what hooks them into the game. You know, that's how, I mean, if you're not hitting the ball well, you're not enjoying it, you're thinking too much, you're, you're not going to stay with this game. Now, uh, we've got in studio with us this morning Butch Carter, who's, uh, who's got a, a, a pretty, good, uh, pretty good golf game, Butch. Um, I'm jealous of his voice. <laughs> I'm really impressed with uh, Sean because as a basketball coach, one of the key, most mo- important class that I took was kinesiology. Yes, sir. And so uh, people say to me, you know, why do you always want athletes? I said, because I can teach athletes. I'm a skill coach. So the first thing I do is anatomically look at what they can do and what they cannot do. Right. So it's on shooting, sometimes a guy can't straighten his arm out. His arm doesn't naturally straighten out. 
and so it's a matter of grooving what his body does. So well, exactly the, the the case in point, Lee Westwood. Everybody, you know, I get students coming in going, "Hey, I got this chicken wing problem." You know, my my elbows are bending too much, and I go, "Well, you see, Lee Westwood, he was once number one in the world, and his elbows are bending a ton." Yeah. So it's just your anatomy, and we we find out what the limitations are, and we use them as an advantage, not as a disadvantage. Yeah, Sean, I, I'm just sitting here in the first couple of minutes. I mean, I'm just a firm believer that that bodies are we are humans, but. Special bodies, you know, end up in front of you as an instructor, and you have to work around. you got to figure out a workaround. And, exactly. and, the, and the teachers who don't and try to put it all in a box are really failing their client. Anyways, uh, we've been talking to Sean Clement. Sean, we've got a, we've got a busy summer lined up with you, so I just want to remind our listeners that uh, you're going to be on with us uh, through the summer to, to uh, share your golf knowledge with us. Uh, certainly, if you want, if our listeners want to check Sean out in the meantime, go to wisdomingolf.com. It's a fantastic website. Or if you want to see some of the best golf instructional material on the internet, it's fabulous stuff. Check out Sean Clement on YouTube. You go on there this week, you'll be joining 22 million other people who have gone to his website. Anyway, Sean, we're really looking forward to uh, spending some more time with you throughout the rest of the summer. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be improving everybody's golf game. And if anybody wants to check you out in the meantime and they want to see you privately, you're at the Richmond Hill Golf Center at Bathurst and Highway 7 in Vaughan. Thanks for joining us, Sean. Thanks a lot, you guys. And by the way, just add, add golf to my name when you search me on YouTube because uh, there's a couple of singer-songwriters in there you don't want to get me. Thanks, Sean. Right, Thanks so much. That was, uh, that was Sean Clement, our golf guy. Uh, uh, you're a kinesiology, uh, uh, so you found that interesting, Butch. Yeah, because the reality is uh, you get coaches and there's, there's a lot that coaches don't know. And what I've learned is how do you mix the X's and O's with anatomically what a guy can do. So, you know, I've said before, DeMar DeRozan has his left leg doesn't go straight. So if you look that up anatomically, it normally means one leg shorter than the other, right? So that may be why he's not as good as he could be defensively. So, I mean, uh, there's a shooting aid that I use, right? And... When we used it with Tracy, Tracy's arm wouldn't drop in, into a natural shooting pocket. So Jimmy Thomas and I just sat down, looked at tons of film, and said, look, let's do this. Let's just get him to perfect the way he wants to shoot the basketball. And that becomes his baseline. And he's not going to have the same shot that Vince is going to have. He's, you know, But he's, he's going to have the ability to shoot the basketball, in which, in which he did. So I'm just a firm believer that it's one of the – extra, extra icing things that really good coaches, they understand that all guys aren't made the same. And so, you know, but there are a lot of coaches that learned how to coach out of a, from a video or a book. And uh, they're trying to make all the guys play the same way and do the right thing. I mean, do the same thing. It just doesn't work out. Anyways, we've been uh, obviously listening to the uh, wise words of Butch Carter, former Raptors coach. And we have on the line, patiently waiting for us, uh, to uh, uh, call in from Buffalo. Kevin from Buffalo, you have a quick NBA comment for Butch Carter. Good morning, gentlemen. And Mr. good morning Carter. to you. Good morning. good morning, Mr. Carter, and once again, an outstanding show. And it's, it's always a pleasure to hear such great comments, Mr. Carter. You're a, a brilliant man, and I have a quick question. 
If you happen to catch this week, uh, Del Curry, that fabulous shot for Golden State, that basically New Orleans, that ball game slipped out of their hands. They were home. And, boy, it, it looks as of now, of course, I'm hoping Toronto can somehow turn it around, but Golden State looks awfully tough. Well, when you're number one in defense and number one in offense, you're pretty tough. And you, I mean, they if they keep a team below 100 points, they haven't lost a game all year. So they just have a – they're on the extreme on shooting capability. They're the top shooting team for open shots. Um they're just a they're just a well timed machine right now and and the other thing is that to do what they're doing uh, you have to stay in the lucky column on injury so they've been able to have their starters for the most part Clay Thompson was out a little while with with an ankle injury but they basically kill you they um, everyone thinks that they make the most shots from outside the three and Steph does hurt you out there but I think they're the, in the playoffs they've been the most efficient in, in for two point shots. Um, but they are, you know, they're a unique team. They're one of the few teams that has won 60 games. And uh, New Orleans shot themselves in the foot. They should have fouled. You know, they, all they had, would have had to do was foul early, and he doesn't have a chance to make the three. It's no different than uh, game one, Raptors-Washington. All Whitman would have had to do is foul, and Vasquez never would have had a chance to make the three and tie the score up. Because we live in this era where they all grew up with, you know, Michael Jordan, and all of them think that, you know, they can make one shot. Mm-hmm. So I'm more scared of players at the end of the game for one shot than I am during the game. So all of them, none of them are scared. In the old days, guys would be scared to take the shot. None of them are scared. So, but Golden State, what they've done is outstanding. Uh, Kerr has been a good enough manager that he's not gotten in their way. Uh, he has a unique relationship out of respect for their ability. He didn't go in and try to change the playbook, so he basically came in and tried to add a layer onto what they already had instead of just saying, you know, I'm going to do it my way and run the triangle. So, you know, a lot of, I give him a lot of credit as far as his ability to manage. Um, as he gets in the playoffs, we'll see what he's able to do on the X and O side. How good is Curry? In, in a day and age where you're not allowed to knock him down, all right, he's probably going to be the MVP of the league. Uh, in the old days, they'd have knocked him down. He never would have been able to run around. He'd have been knocked down over and over again. And uh, you know that's just the way it was. But in this day and age, where he gets to run around for free, um, no one's better. He's going to be MVP of the league. As we've got, uh, we've only got about forty seconds left, and I know that you wanted to, uh, you wanted to convey your thanks. To yeah. some people that uh, we celebrated with. Yeah, last we night. had a uh, little pub night uh, for our show last night up in uh, Nobleton, Ontario. The, Thanks uh, for the invite. They are right. <laughs> <laughs> but you can well, come anytime. We'll get you the next time, but <laughs> and thank uh, Ray up in the uh, at the Arbor for hosting us, and a lot of friends uh, showed up to that, and it was quite. Anyways, we celebrated uh, quite, quite a, a night. We had a, we had a good time. We celebrated our first and anniversary. And next time, Butch Carter will be with us. Okay. Next time, he'll be our he'll be our. our See, co-host. Butch, the problem was right. <laughs> if we did have you, because it's a small bar, yeah. you would have had five hundred people there. We wouldn't be able to fit everybody. See, our, our concern, of course, is that you would have been the center of attention and the center of attraction, <laughs> and, and Naz and Wally would have got lost in the shuffle. To be quite frank with you, you know what? I, f- I felt that 
when you jumped on Mark and said, "Hey, it's a net." It's a net. So we, right. we didn't want we didn't want all the attention going to you, and we we would have got lost in the shuffle. Anyways, it's always a pleasure having you with us, Butch. Thanks for having me. You're welcome back anytime. By the way, uh, you've been listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Uh, thanks to our callers, some of them we couldn't get to. We apologize. Hopefully, you call back call us again back next week. And we wish our listeners a fantastic week. We'll be back here again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.